You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1125. I want him to not be afraid of hard work. And I find that that is one of the biggest recipes to success. Combine a work ethic with the right action steps, dude, and and you're unstoppable. And it took me too long to find the right people with the right action steps and the right mentors. You know, like that's a beauty of like, you want land, like go to you, right? Like take your work ethic guys, go to this coach, you know, work with Brent and follow the action steps and you have a lot of results. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. What's going on, Rhino Nation? It is me, Brent Bowers, your land man. I've got a great episode for you today. We are going to be talking about perseverance and hard work as a young child. I mean, this guy is absolutely one of the most resourceful people I have come across. And also, you know, I see a lot of his success came from how he was raised to work extremely hard. Uh, This guy was in construction and literally a window washer and then mowing lawns. And now he's turned this all this hard work and all this knowledge, all this experience that his father actually helped him to learn when still living at home has now he's transferred it into his very, very successful real estate business. All right. I'm going to go ahead and get right into it and introduce you to our guest. I hope you enjoy this episode. And please, if you have not already you know, rated and reviewed the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Go and rate and review us. Give us a five-star review. That way we can continue spreading the word of educating, getting people their first real estate deal. And also, also share this episode with someone if you feel like it resonates with you. And if you know someone that needs to hear this. What's going on, Zachary Booth? How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me on, man. It's good to be here. Well, I'm excited. Anytime I see a guy drinking a monster right before I hit the record button, pretty much pumps me up. So, <laughs> I got to wake up from a nap, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, see, this is, this is how you are when you're a successful real estate guy like Zachary Booth. You just take naps in the middle of the day on a random <laughs> Thursday. In my defense, in my defense, my, my real or my acquisition guys like Zach, we got to drive to Vernal and back tonight. It's three and a half hours one way. And we got to inspect a property while we're out there because it's going to foreclosure Monday. So we got to get the deal, you know? So I got to prepare say, to go drive all evening. Hopefully it's a deal and it's not one of your properties going in foreclosure. No, no, no. Definitely a deal. <laughs> Hopefully a six-figure deal. So yes. cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. I'll cheer you with my water. Well, you know, I've gotten to know a little bit about your story. And I still remember to this day, meeting you in Salt Lake City, Utah. This was, I think, maybe 2016-ish when I was kind of just starting out and wholesaling houses and still kind of figuring out my land. And I literally remember a lot of your story, but uh, I don't want to mess it up. I mean, share like where you came from and then a little bit where you are now and what you've built with all the success that you're having. Yeah. Well, I was the world's greatest window washer. (laughs) <laughs> I washed a lot, a lot of windows professionally. That's what I did for a decade before I was able to transition into real estate. So that was, uh, that was tough. You know, it was actually a business that I started when I was 17 years old. Okay. Uh-huh. So you've always been a business operator or business owner, <laughs> entrepreneur. Kind of. I mean, 
I actually started working when I was really young. So my dad, my dad put me to work at a real young age. And uh, we had a, my, my dad's worked at a corporate job since he was 19, same company. He's now 62, still there. And uh, but after work and after school, we would mow lawns, being my two older brothers and my dad. So from the time I was 11 to I was 15, I was, I mean, I was mowing a ton of lawns all summer long. I, I worked my butt off. There was, there was no slackers in my house. And when I was 15, I started doing construction for one of my neighbors. I didn't want to do lawn mowing anymore. So I did finished carpentry and framed houses. And before I started my business at 17, I had done taxidermy and I made handcrafted cheese and I had done like all sorts of just odd jobs, whatever I could do. Because my dad is 16 years old, said, you're a man now <laughs> and you, you don't have to pay for food or housing and I'll give you 200 bucks a year for clothing and the rest is on you. And so it was pretty tough. <laughs> and so I had to find a way to make money. I love that. I mean, it sounds like your dad is a really smart guy. And <laughs> a smart pain in the butt too. Well, he set you up with success. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, very much so. You're nothing. And I started out in the lawn service. You know, I started out about the same age as you. And I mean, there's not much harder out there than mowing grass in the summertime in Florida. And besides construction, maybe yeah. on a roof. Uh, <laughs> yeah, roof, roofing. Oh man, those poor roofers. But he set you up for success. I mean, he showed you what hard work was before you know, the world was going to show you. And it's like anything you face in your real estate business today is anything as hard as mowing grass and or construction. No, man. Like the, my junior year summer, I actually went to Nova Scotia, Canada, and I was working 80 hour work weeks doing hard labor. And it was all landscaping. It was throwing sod, retaining walls. And I remember at night I would wake up in so much pain because the my muscles in my hands would cramp up and my hands would be like bent into these little claws and I'd have to open up my fingers with my forearms they were so cramped up because of all of the the manual labor I was doing and uh, I was lean tough strong kid you know that's that was how I was raised there was no whining no complaining and I worked so hard that my hands would cramp up at night I never imagined or had dealt with something like that before so yeah, my dad put me to work and there was no no other way around it, you know. Well, after you escaped the Siberian work camp, you know, what <laughs> came after that? The the booth, the Steve Booth camp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, well, what happened was, you know, I went up to Nova Scotia, Canada, work 80 hour work weeks that summer, and I did it because my dad wouldn't even co-sign a loan for my truck. Right. He's like, if you want a truck, you'll buy it, you'll find the cash. I did, you know. Yeah. So I was like, gosh, dang it. So I found a way to get enough work and get out of the place that I would spend money. And all I did was work from the time I woke up to I went to bed. That was it. And I did take one day off a week and I just basically slept the entire day. I was so done. And then when I came home, I bought my first truck cash and I hated my boss up there so much that I was like, okay, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I want to be my own boss. I work harder than all my bosses I've had. Um, except for maybe my dad. My dad is just an insane human being. <laughs> impossible. Um, impossible, right? No one, no one can keep up with Steve Booth. So I was like, what can I do? What business can I start? I was sick of trading time for money already. And I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 15. Uh, it was a reference from, from my dad's friend that was a really wealthy real estate investor. And so I knew I needed to be in charge of my own finances. I needed to have my own business. So what I could afford to start was window cleaning. Yeah, that was that was the choice. It wasn't like I didn't know anything about it. 
I didn't know how to bid price. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff, but I called up someone in the yellow pages and I said, uh, you know, my dad wants to bid on this house. How much do you charge? You know, trying to figure out what the pricing was. And uh, back then there was actually wasn't any YouTube videos on how to wash windows either. You know, YouTube was just funny videos back then. Yeah. And so I kind of had to just figure it out. And so you, uh, you were resourceful enough to call the competition to get a bid on your house to see what they charge. So you knew what to charge as well. So you can start this business. Is that what I understood correctly? Yeah. And I was extremely resourceful because I remember at the point I did not have enough money for gas. Like I was out of money. By the time I bought my cell phone, business card, squeegee, scrubber, applicator, I couldn't even afford the $40 holster that holds your equipment on the side of your belt, you know? And I couldn't afford the nice fancy bucket. I walked down the street and picked up an old paint bucket, cleaned it out. That's what I use for my bucket. <laughs> and then I couldn't afford gas to drive to the nicer neighborhoods. So I walked two miles to the nicer neighborhoods and started knocking doors. Once I got some some deals lined up, it was like 20, 30 bucks a house, you know, look, like, oh, we're gonna make some money. I would walk back, get my truck, drive over there, do the work, get paid, and then go buy gas. Um, so it was you know, I was hungry. I was hungry for something different and it wasn't easy. It was scary. And then I remember it blew up, you know, a lot, a lot of hard work. I learned how to do sales. I learned how to get people. I learned how to get workman's comp. On my 18th birthday, I got my first business license and got licensed and bonded and insured, started getting large contracts with banks. And, you know, by the time I was done, I had 13 employees and three trucks and doing a half a million dollars a year in window cleaning. Wow. So yeah, it was, it was a lot. I didn't know all of that when I was talking to you outside of the conference room at the Wholesaling Inc. event that happened in Salt Lake City. I think it was like the second event that Wholesaling Inc. ever had. And I told you this before, very briefly, uh, when we talked, but I still remember you telling me that you were a window washer. And I had in my mind, I was like, you know, and I was still kind of like, you know, figuring out my legs, still figuring out how to do deals back in 2016 and learning this. So I needed all the inspiration and motivation I could get. Like, it's like taking a shower, like Jim Rohn says, you got to do it every single day. You got to find that motivation every single day until it becomes a habit. But I remember thinking, man, if, if Zach can do this, like he's a window washer, if he can do it, I can do it. So thank you for that. Like you gave me motivation, inspiration, you know, so many years ago and you didn't even realize it. And thanks for being vulnerable with, with the well, Rhino Nation. Well, it's true. I mean, like I'm, I bleed orange. I I've love wholesaling ink, right? Wholesaling ink is, is the company that, that brought so much value to my life and taught me wholesaling, you know? And, and just like you, I was just getting started. I was sick of being a window cleaner, you know, outside looking in and hearing the story, man, like, oh, wow, Zach was a hustler. Zach's, dude, I was making like $50,000 a year off that 500,000. The bigger I got, the more overhead, the less money I was making. And oh, I couldn't take man. care of my family. It was a grind. I hated the industry. I hated what I was doing. I was always out on the job sites washing windows because I constantly had people calling in sick. I had high turnover. No one wanted to, you know, no one aspired to be a window cleaning technician. I hated where I was at. You know, maybe yeah. many of the listeners, you might not have your own business that you hate, but you might be at a job you hate. Like yeah. it was, it was crap. And I could barely take care of my family. I couldn't afford the coaching, the coaching that I paid for, that you paid for. You know, I had to put on a credit card. Same here, man. And Tom Cole yeah. was nice enough to break up those. Like he did two payments for me. And he actually told me I probably shouldn't join the course because I can't afford the mail. And I was like, no, no, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. So like that was the big thing, right? Is trying to figure out how to get a start, learning how to wholesale, you know, and I did that first wholesale deal, you know, about the time that we met. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, so many thoughts come to my mind. It's like, you know, it's better to have a job that you hate rather than a business you hate because the business you hate, like you've got a lot invested in that, like a job. I mean, come on guys, like you can just pick up and leave that. I mean, I was in the military. It took me three years to get out. I had to put a packet in, I had to get that packet approved. And I was very scared to do that because a lot of my friends that put in packets as well in the same job classification that I was in were getting denied. And they all told me, don't do it. Don't even worry about it. Don't waste your time. And I still did it. And by the grace of God, they approved it to, for me to get. Maybe I just sucked that bad. They wanted to get rid of me anyways. But, uh, you know, I had a job I hated too. And, you know, it's, it's funny, like how you can keep growing and scaling. And you, we think ha- we have this massive operation. But if our deals that we're not doing are profitable enough to pay for that operation, we're just going under the more people we hire. And we got to be careful with that as business owners, even in the real estate business, to watch the numbers. Note, and you knew your numbers. Luckily to see that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it was it was very important for me to find success in real estate. You know, for me to accomplish what I wanted to and give my family the life I wanted to give them and and I was so upset because I worked so hard for so many years and I still felt like I was failing my family. We were still going without, you know, and then it was there had to be a change and real estate's given me that, dude. My life has never been better. Never. I get to talk to a lot of successful people and I see that they all have this massive, huge why that, you know, catapults them out of bed every morning and and allows them to stay up late. It sounds to me like your why was you didn't want your family to ever have to, you know, go through going without. And you probably didn't want your children to have to work as hard as you did. Um, I want them to suffer. (laughs) 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 It'll be freaking good for them, right? Like, but. You know, I'm already teaching my son things. He actually asked me all the time, Dad, let's go door knocking again. Because I've taken him door knocking and we've done landscaping together. And I want him to not be afraid of hard work. And I find that that is one of the biggest recipes to success. Combine a work ethic with the right action steps. Dude, and, and you're unstoppable. And it took me too long to find the right people with the right action steps and the right mentors. You know, like that's the beauty of like, you want land, like, Go to you, right? Like, take your work ethic, guys. Go to this coach, you know, work with Brent and follow the action steps, and you have a lot of results. That was the big mistake I made for so long. I would say, I'm so stupid. And so I just have to hustle really hard. Well, I hustled really hard, but it didn't get me very far. Yeah. You You know, run 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction and just waste time. And then I feel like, you know, the really smart people out there, they're not willing to work hard because they're so smart. And, you know, A.L. Williams said it, you know, smart people are always trying to figure out a better way, an easier way, because the hard work, you know, just plain Jane way, because this stuff is not complicated. Sure. It's just, we, we take advice from someone that's lived there and I could be six months ahead of you and I could show you the way, or, you know, six miles ahead of you and tell you there's a cop hiding behind the bushes for you. You know, sure. that's it. That's all we do as coaches. And I understand you're coaching some guys as well. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that. And also your kind of daily operations. Cause I love when I hear door knocking because that's powerful, like, and driving for dollars and all that, that, that excites me. I still do that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I coach and you know, the whole goal here is definitely not to like give you guys a plug about my coaching. I, I don't want that. <laughs> don't want you guys to think that's why I'm here. I, I have, I have a lot of value and things that I do for people, but 
I understand that it's important, like you said, to have that guy that's been there, that's done it, right? And if you yeah. guys are are looking for a coach like Brent, why I had you on my podcast is, is it so important that that mentor has done or accomplished what you're trying to accomplish, right? And that you like and trust that person, right? And that's why I was like, yeah, come be on my show, right? Because I know you're yeah. that kind of guy. And so, you know, whenever you guys are looking for a mentor, like that's a filter, you know, identify exactly what you're trying to accomplish whether you know that's land or wholesaling or whatever and then just find that mentor to serve you but you know i spend most of my time coaching but i have a automated full-time wholesaling business slash flipping business that i cherry pick my favorite deals uh for rentals but yeah man that's what i'm doing now i i love it i love yeah, i love the game what uh something that intrigued me so much was you were talking to me about uh how you did your 40 day challenge I want to definitely make sure that we can let let our Rhino Nation, the audience, you know, something we both grew up in, are in our real estate business, anyways, yeah. know about this and find it. So let's let's hear about this forty day challenge that you did that was cool. filmed. I, I'm very intrigued by. It. I want to hear it again. Like you kind of gave me the higher level. Yeah. So I did a I did a little challenge. It's free content, right? I'm not selling you guys anything. This is something that I did because I wanted to serve and give back. So I was a major skeptic. Of the amount of money you could make uh, wholesaling, getting into real estate, you know, there was all these gurus, uh, there was podcasts and YouTube, and they were always pitching a course or program, right? Which is fine, but I was like, is it really legitimate, or they, or is it just marketing? You know, are they selling a dream, and that's the product, and there's no real actual success being had? So skeptical, and so since I was skeptical, I sat on the sidelines way too long. Way, yeah. way, way too long. You know, I look back, it's like, man, like what a, what I'd have given to start in my early 20s versus, you know, my, my later 20s. Anyways, I wanted to give that same gift because what happened is I met a super wealthy gentleman that was a developer and I was washing his windows actually, <laughs> this giant house. And he ended up uh, giving me two of his rentals, seller finance, a couple thousand down. I made over $100,000 profit. I mean, he helped me out. He hooked me up. He knew he did. Right. And when I had that happen, I was like, this is like a deal of a lifetime. But I've been hearing on these podcasts, you can get a deal of a lifetime. Every week. Every week. Right. So I was like, okay, well, it's real. I believe it now. And so I took action. I got a mentor and I went to work and it changed my life. Completely changed my life. I make over a million a year now. It's an incredible experience, right? It's life-changing. And I get to focus on what's important to me. And so I wanted to give that same gift to others. I wanted to pay it forward. Right. I wanted Tom Kroll, who changed my life. I wanted to like pass on that legacy. I wanted to do something more. yeah. And so I was up late one night, like thinking about this, like, how do I inspire people? Not just my students, but everyone, like, how do I show them that it's possible? And so I decided to do uh, something that I saw in like a, a TV show called Undercover Billionaire, which is if you guys haven't watched Undercover Billionaire, the mm-hmm. concept is they take a hundred dollars, they fly to somewhere they've never been, and they have to turn it into a million dollar company in 90 days. It's pretty cool, right? And I only watched season one, but I want to do something similar around real estate, real estate wholesaling. I took a thousand bucks, flew to Tampa, never been there. I chose Tampa because it was warm and it was winter time, and I didn't want to freeze my my butt off while I was out and about, right? And I decided to use a strategy that I love and that I teach that's made me a ton of money. And I've done land deals, I've done all sorts of cool stuff, right? With driving for dollars. And the goal is to turn that thousand bucks into 40 grand in just 40 days. So I went for it, right? And I told everybody about it and I announced it before I went. I was terrified I was going to fail. 
And I went and did it. And uh, I was pretty blown away by, by the results I was able to get. Right. But I documented day by day exactly what I did, how I did it, what tech I used. So you guys can watch it and learn. It's, it's amazing. Right. It's like the best free educational content that I know of around wholesaling out there. That's powerful. That's so powerful. Now, I mean, I'm sure if you failed, you would have just deleted that video. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. No, I was kidding. My, my thing, the thought that I had is I was like, if I don't do a single deal, at least they'll see what the grind is. You know, yeah. you know, I am a very successful guy. I do make a million dollars a year. So if I just didn't do a deal, but I got some good conversations and I was like, oh, that will be good content. Someone might benefit. Yeah. But I didn't fail. <laughs> Thank goodness. No, right? because you yeah. knew what hard work was. I mean, you knocked doors to get window cleaning jobs, like knocking doors or driving for dollars to get big real estate deals. Like that's just way more powerful, motivating, you know, a big goal that kind of just keeps you going when it's hard. Uh, and I love that you said that deal of a lifetime. You know, there's a quote that I, I heard Dolph Del Rue say the deal of a lifetime comes once a week as long as you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you buy the black Chevy, you know, or the blue Jeep or whatever, you know, the red Camaro, you see them everywhere. Yeah. We look for deals as deal finders, you know, as Tom Curl says, become a deal finder, not a deal creator. I think I want to be both. I create deals and find deals, but we get what we look for. And you mentioned land. Like, I really want to hear about one of your land stories, one of your best land stories uh, really quickly, because I I don't want to take too much more time here. Yeah, I I have a bunch, of course. Like, land's fun. A lot of creative stuff can be done. But one of my coolest ones was actually driving for dollars. We'll take a driving for dollars land deal. So there we go. We find this house that has a hole in the roof, right? And when we ended up uh, getting the lead, uh, the guy had passed away. And uh, the dude was the dude had a bunch of properties. It was one of his properties. He had a bunch of large multifamily and that kind of stuff. And the family wanted to sell that one cash because it had a bunch of foundation issues. Uh, there was a lot attached to it that was now not usable. It didn't have enough frontage, so it didn't have enough street frontage, so it couldn't even be used. If if it had like in another like ten feet of frontage, it could have a duplex on it, but it was worthless, right? But then the lot next to it had this house that had some foundation issues. And they weren't sure if it was a teardown. There's like a literal hole in the roof that the raccoons were getting down in the house. There was like dust all over in the house and little raccoon tracks, you know, <laughs> everywhere in the house. There's like six raccoons living in that house. It's hilarious. So we ended up putting it under contract, not knowing what was going to happen. Right. So what I did is, and what I always do is if I think there might be a, a higher and better use for the land, I always go to the city planner. I don't know much, but I knew that the city planner would tell me what I could could do or what I should know. And I didn't have to be the expert for each city and all the codes and regulations and all that stuff. So I went to the city planner and I said, Hey, like, what can we do with this lot? Right. I've got this property under contract. What do we do? And I found out that the city, if you own both lots, you can do a simple lot, lot line adjustment just as long as it still fits within the, the city requirements. You can't turn an existing parcel into a non-conforming parcel. They wouldn't let you do that. But I could do a lot line adjustment and still keep enough frontage on the old lot with the house on it. But there was a, an atta- or a detached garage with like a breezeway. But so that garage would have had to come down. But the funny thing is that's where the, the foundation issues were anyways. So I, had a, so I had to get a structural engineer out there 
So during this is all during my inspection period, right? I gave myself three weeks. So I'm scrambling. Talk to the city planner. I find out that I can do a lot line adjustment, right? But I, we'd have to tear down the garage. So then I called this the engineer and I have him come out and look at the foundation and like what's going to happen. We tear down this and, and shore this up. What kind of retaining wall do we need on this back corners? We tear this down and, and, and look through all of the requirements there. And the foundation issues were going to cost max 30 grand to have the structural engineers team do it. Right. So I have a bid, a written bid for 30 grand for, this, for a house that I thought was a teardown. And, and he was also going to tear down the garage for me as well to shore up the, that corner of the house. That was the teardown and that. And then the lot line adjustment was like a hundred bucks. <laughs> it was nothing. It was nothing. So I just took a lot that was worth absolutely nothing and just turned it into a $60,000 lot. And I salvaged the house that could be an up and down duplex. Wow. So I didn't do all the work, but I figured out what the real value and what could be done there. Highest so, and best use, like you said. Highest and best use. Yeah. So I put all of this together in my email blast and I sent it out to my cash buyers list. And I say, hey, I have a duplex and a duplex lot for sale. <laughs> That's what it was. So then when I got everyone interested, I had to educate them on what I yeah. had educated myself on. I didn't know anything about this stuff when I got this deal. I was able to move the contract. Okay. Not any debt, but I moved the contract for over $83,000 profit. When before, maybe I'd have made 10, right? Wow. On a teardown, and I'm doing air quotes. Yep. <laughs> teardown. That's incredible. It was amazing. And there's been lots of stories like this. I know one of the big wholesalers here uh, messed up. So my real estate agent lists all my flips. He's investor friendly. Dude, and he's on all the cash buyers list. He's like, he came to me. He's like, bro, I just closed on a house from your competitor wholesaler. They didn't realize that the higher and better use is an apartment complex on this land. I just closed on it and listed it. In two weeks, I got a cash offer. I'm going to make $160,000. On land. On land. Because the house torn down in the land for a multifamily is worth way more. The cash, oh. the wholesaler sent it out as a single family flip. And I bought it for single family flip pricing happily. Wow. And just listed it as it. <laughs> no he didn't even bulldoze it he just listed it as this is the potential and he got 160,000 above what he asked for or, or above wow. what he paid cash offer wow let me let me let me grab the victory <laughs> right, i just had to do it. i just had to ring it that's that's incredible um, yes that fires me up guys first of all where can we find that video with your 40 day challenge yeah. And more, um, and more about you. Yeah. There's a, a specialty link. It's dfdmastery.com uh, forward slash 40 and 40. So it's a link. It's free. Go get free access to it. So awesome. And throw that in the chat box too. So yep, I yep. can make sure that gets on the, you know, the show notes and guys, you heard it. You heard it from Zachary Booth. You know, hard work absolutely pays off. Being resourcefulness, just making a few calls. How many hours did you have spent on that $83,000 profitable contract that you assigned? Well, I didn't do any of the cold calling, right? I had some VAs cold calling for me, like seven bucks an hour. Actually, they called me on a postcard. So like no time, just a little bit of marketing dollars and then total time invested into that deal for the acquisitions and you know, finding the buyer and stuff, maybe seven, eight hours total. Eight hours to make 83 grand. So let's just say it took you, you know, yeah. Let's just say you only made $80,000, $10,000 an hour. Like that is what you can do in this business. Guys, you heard it. You heard it from Zachary Booth. Guys, if you're looking to get started in real estate, 
and you want to see if this is a great fit for you, and maybe you just want to talk to one of us on the Wholesaling Inc. team, head on over to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land, schedule a call with me and my team. We'll see if we're a good fit. And if we are, I'd be honored to coach you. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for Thanks so much. In. Thanks for having me. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.